Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to our fourth Brothers episode of the MSA podcast, the MSA Take. Um, today we have a very special episode. Um, today I'm joined by Junaid Ahmed. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. And he's not our guest today because we've already done an episode with him. But the guest that we have on today is an alumni, a previous student um, and a previous MSA member and president. We have Iktidar on board, um, online, joining us online today um, to be as a be a guest on this podcast. Assalamu alaikum, bro. Happy to be here. Alhamdulillah. Um, so I really wanted to get Iktidar on as the first alumni guest because I feel like um, there's a lot that we can learn from him. Um, and he was actually, I think, president of, was it 2017 in MSA? Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of thi- a lot of people know Iktidar, but I think it'd be really good to sort of get to understand, get to sort of hear from him, sort of his journey, his story, um, you know, how it was being in the MSA and, and sort of everything he's been through. Um, I think there's a lot to learn from, inshallah. So um, inshallah, we'll be going through that. Just before we get into it, just a short disclaimer. Um, you know, everything that we say in this podcast is our own opinion and it doesn't actually represent the MSA at large. Um, and obviously, if you're going to be taking any Islamic knowledge from anyone, um, ensure that you go to a trusted or verified scholar and not um, some random MSA boys, right? All right, so <laughs> let's get into the actual podcast. So um, the first thing I want to ask you, Iktidar, is that you've been, I think you've been studying Islam formally for a while now. And I've been curious and I think it'd be beneficial for people to hear on how that journey basically started and like at what moment did you actually decide that you wanted to sort of pursue that? Yeah, so I guess my journey uh, in terms of seeking knowledge, um, if I'm really honest, uh, I never planned to become you know, a student of knowledge or even now I'm like, I would consider myself someone who's trying to seek knowledge, right? Not even consider myself a student of knowledge mm-hmm. because there's just so many people who are so much more knowledgeable than you. You just feel um, like you can't even attribute that to yourself. Like I'll give you an example, like my two main mashaykh in Sydney, Sheikh Abadnan and Sheikh Abdul Muiz, they still consider themselves students of knowledge. So how can I consider myself <laughs> even yeah. a student of knowledge? I can only say I can try to be a student of knowledge, right? But yeah, I've been... Um, I've been trying to uh, seek knowledge um, part time here and there. So I, I did, I did do a full time bachelor's um, at UNSW in Compu- commerce and comsci. So a double degree there, and um, I didn't go part time for any of it. It was all full time, and uh, yeah. So I just spent my free time here and there. Um, obviously in the MSA, a lot of a lot of time actually did go to the MSA while I was there. And I, I don't really regret that. I think it was probably one of the best times of my life. Um, most memorable and and really like you know if I just you know, reflect on it and and to to tell you guys that you know you you guys probably won't get this time back ever again so just make the best uh, use of it. Um, so I I was I was studying here and there. I started my journey at Markaz Imam Ahmed around 2016, I think. Yeah, so 2016 that was the first year. So in my first year of university, I was like, all right, I just want to get the degree and get out of here. <laughs> and then yeah. and then my second year. Uh, but at the end of the year, I, I did see, like, there was, like, this these chalkings in front of the masala. I was like, what is this? It's like, oh, it's Islamic Awareness Week, right? So um, I was like, oh, 
like this looks interesting maybe i'll just help them out you know just for that week right but you know lo and behold next year i became the shore right so <laughs> they got me to the shore and then before i knew it i became president the year after and you know you know that's what, <laughs> that's what happened i'm still connected to you guys ever since right um so during that time in 20 uh so 2016 was the year i i got i started in the shura and that's the year when i started um seeking knowledge at mia i did the two-year diploma there then after that pretty much um, yeah i just kept, i just kept studying so after i did the two-year diploma finished around i think 28 28 uh 2016 was when i started so i finished it like at the end of 2017 um I continued studying so my main teachers there were like Sheikh Abu Ishaq, um mm. and uh Sheikh Abu Nan, i think he he did teach a bit here and there my main teacher was Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Abu also Ustad uh, Muhammad Al-Bizri so uh, they were great teachers mashallah um and i did learn a lot from them and i do appreciate it and it did help when i when i came to do some dawah stuff yeah after that essentially i don't know how how far you want me to go so <laughs> we'll probably pause there for a bit because there's a lot okay. of things that you just yeah. mentioned and i want to actually like unpack them yeah. a bit yeah. um yeah. so the first thing was you said you saw like chalking um for islamic awareness week was that actually how you joined the msa was that like the first exposure to msa so i mean there was the brothers right there were the brothers in the musulman stuff you would see them they were like but to be honest like no one ever mentioned anything really about like the msa by the way back then it wasn't called the msa it was called i oh, yeah. uh, it was called if yeah mm-hmm. so islamic awareness forum that was the name um yeah back then but anyways <clears throat> yeah and the MSA actually did exist like 20 years ago but we're not going to talk about that <laughs> okay <laughs> no. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. so there's a lot of history uh those who know who know um yeah what was i gonna say so um there were brothers there like in the and stuff but they never ever like said oh yeah come join the shura this that really like they were just like oh yeah like some brothers they're just gonna have some soccer you know after juma and stuff if you're free um if you guys know like miles rahman and stuff like it was just like i was like on the on the way back like I, I knew him from Alpha, Alpha Mega. But I didn't know him that well. Like we just met once or twice. And then on the bus back um, from uni one day, um, he sort of just like, hey, by the way, um, we have like a soccer game uh, after Juma. If you're free, you, you can come down. This was like on the bus back, right? Um, and I ran to like, um, run the bell, like put like Shakeb. He would just like sit there in the masala and they'd be like, oh, do you want to do some Quran stuff? It was like really informal. Like no one really pressured anything or anything like that. Mm. And my actually, I, that's why my first like sort of official exposure, like actual exposure to the MSA, I would say would be that talking. Mm. Because I mean, I knew people were in the MSA, I guess, and I knew it sort of existed, but I didn't know. I, I didn't even think about it really like I didn't even think about it didn't ever consider it until I actually saw that chalking and I was like hey look maybe I can just do something right I'm here for four years like what's one week right yeah. <laughs> so so that that was my thoughts back then and that was so that was in 2016 right yeah um was that, that would have been uh 2015, 2015. so 2015. the year before um I, I got yeah, that was the end of 2015 um so in that IW and I didn't participate in that, in that IW but I think Maybe I did visit for a day or something, um, but I didn't really participate at all. And then slowly, slowly, um, <laughs> yeah, you got like sort of tied up into it. Mm-hmm. So 2015, were you in first year in 2015? Yeah. Yeah. And so 2016, second year, and then 2017 was, were, were you insuring second year? Is that what yeah. you, yeah. 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 <clears throat> okay. I'm just trying to like create the timeline <laughs> of when everything yeah. sort of happened. So, and, and then 20 was president. Yeah. And then third. I didn't stay because, Definitely, like, um, at that time, uh, as you guys and everyone probably who's listening to this knows, uh, 
Brother Irfan, is, mashallah, like, you know, he's like a beast in the community and he's still going, mashallah. May Allah, you know, increase his barakah mm-hmm. and uh, accept his work. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, it, at, at one point, it became just me and him, basically. Like, we were the main two brothers and there was no other brothers. And we always used to think, like, you know, um, what's going to happen to the MSA because there's no brothers. And then, subhanAllah, now it's like thriving like crazy. So, <laughs> like, alhamdulillah, I think, you know, we didn't have anything to worry about. Um, but he was very ready. Like he was in that scene, you know, mm-hmm. even way before me, right? Like even when he was in high school, he, he used to go to the MSA events and he yeah. knew all the MSA brothers. So I was like, look, this is like, you know, I think he he's the best to go through. So I didn't stay um, more longer than a year. Um, and then I was just there in the background just to support him my last year. I remember being in high school and getting like Facebook invites from your friend to MSA events. I was like, I'm like year seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is very interesting. Um, yeah, like subhanAllah, just you both started. It just reminds me of the the verse from the Quran, you know, when uh, Ibrahim salam and his son Ismail they were the two, you know, uh, building the foundations of the Kaaba. And then there's an interesting dua that they make. They say, Rabbana taqabbal minna inna ka anta samir alim. Oh Lord, um, accept this from us, you know. Um, indeed, inna ka anta samir alim. You're the all hearing, all knowing. And and subhanAllah, look at look at Hajj today, right? Like uh, I think there's the biggest numbers since since the COVID shutdown. Um, it's amazing, and look at the MSA today as well. There's a lot of brothers. I think I think when you do something, and you start with sincerity, Allah just adds a lot of barakah. Alhamdulillah, the MSA is thriving as you said. But moving forward, um, what I find interesting in your in your journey is the is the time is the time balance aspect, right? Because what I find is that. My personal experience as well. A lot of people tend to do a lot of stuff, and there's there's good there's pros and cons with it. But one of the pro- cons is that because you do a lot of stuff, you don't really have time. You don't really give each um, subject or each matter its hak, right? It's right. And as a result, once you graduate, because you do a lot of stuff, you still don't know what your purpose is. Like you've done a lot. Like I don't know what to do, you know, because you've been exposed to a lot of things. How did you sort of manage that? Like how did you um, Ensure that your journey was linear, right? You studied like a, an MIA, then you did this and you did that. It was. It seems very logical, like a logical progression. Um, yeah, how did you come to that realization? Yeah, so yeah. I studied in quite a few places, uh, just to briefly mention. So after MIA, then um, I went to start studying under Sheikh Abdulmaiz for DIA and Darwin Abbas. Um, I went to Kuwait for a few months and this sort of stuff. So um, I've been doing stuff uh a lot of different places i wouldn't say it's like sort of linear or like planned out it was never planned out like i sort of said never planned to do any of this stuff i sort of just saw that this is something that i need for myself first and foremost and later on then i realized that there is some sort of a community need as well like there's you know people aren't really right there's a few a few people who are very knowledgeable, a few really good sheikhs and stuff. But for the most part, um, you know, even even today or even yesterday night, um, someone messaged me with a question about aqidah and stuff, and I was like, "Should I answer? <laughs> Should I answer this?" And I'm like, "But look, this is like an urgent thing. I mean, like, if this is because matters of aqidah, like they're like proper doubts. Like if ask, then you know that's a big issue, right? So." These sort of things, these sort of experiences, and it, it's still happening like till even yesterday. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, so and, yeah. and today as well, we sort of continued just, you know, discussing this. So, um, 
you know that, that that's that's why um but in terms to address the, the question itself so you know how what about like balancing it and how do you how, how do i figure out balancing it and giving everything that's right yeah i think the first step is always to um figure out what what exactly you want to do right like what's your actual why right so i don't know if you guys have heard like simon sinek's start with why I think that's that's a really really good framework um, that really does help me. The other thing that um, really helped me as well throughout, and that's something I learned during my HSC years when I was doing four unit maths, was um, like the growth mindset. I think those two things are very very like helpful um, for anyone to be honest, right? Um, because basically, what the start with why does is it makes sure that you actually have like an internal motivation for whatever you want to do, right? Like, why exactly do you want to do something, and then that translates into the actual actions that you do every single day, right? And you know why you're doing it, so you're actually motivated. You're not just doing it for the sake of it, right? And the growth mindset, it sort of encourages you to push through and challenges that you can put in any person, right? More than they can bear, right? So generally speaking, if you, if Allah SWT, he gives you a trial, it means that you can overcome it, right? Um, that you can uh, go through it and, and that you have for you. So unless you're like, you know, for example, like, under very extreme circumstances, like, you know, you have like a proper mental illness or something like that. Um, normal people, the trials that Allah SWT, he sends them, these are opportunities for us. So we can either, you know, accept it and we can work through it and go and grow from it, or we can, um, you know, just like, you know, give up and just continue going down mm. the wrong sort of paths. So the first, first step is like for me was like to sort of just figure out what exactly I want to do and why I want to do it. And then once you do that, it's very quickly, it's very easy to prioritize, right? So you can prioritize, well, what do I actually want to do? So during uni years, I mean, it was very clear, like my parents have particular expectations and stuff. They didn't want me, if I'm, I'm very honest, they probably wouldn't have been very happy with me doing as much stuff as I did, did during my MSA years. And they didn't know about it, frankly, right? So I wasn't very open with them about this stuff because they'll be like, oh, it's taking away from your studies, this, that. But yeah. I understood that, right? So I understood that. So I never really let it affect my studies as much, right? I, I put that caveat there because that was always my intention. So obviously my university studies when I was in uni were, were like my top priority, right? So um, my first year I got all distinctions, right? And then the second year when I joined Shura, right? So my grades went down a bit, right? And I almost actually failed a subject, right? So that was like sort of like a, a wake-up call for me, right? So I was like, okay, look, um, I do need to... So I'm not like perfect, right? So hopefully this is showing that I'm not perfect, right? And, and you know, like, you know, you can... Like, I mean, it's never going to... like it's, it's a balancing act, right? So at the beginning, it, things could be shaky, but then you can like fix yourself up, right? So then I realized, okay, look, I need to make sure I prioritize this properly. Um, but look, at the end of it, so... In my last semester, so and like as a as a president, I actually got back and I got distinctions across all of my subjects in my in my in my last uh, semester as president as well. So what that sort of t teaches you is that you can balance it, right? So at the beginning it might be shaky, but after a while you can sort of find an equilibrium where you can balance your priorities. 
and uh, that you don't have to like lose out, right? So for me, like university was a big priority, but then obviously studying Dean MSA, those are my, my main concerns. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. In terms of knowledge and stuff afterwards, then I sort of realized that this was the area I wanted to sort of specialize in. So then other stuff started falling away. Like I, I didn't really, I wasn't really involved with the MSA anymore. That sort of activism sort of stuff sort of started um, going away from that, started going heavily more into it. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um just to sort of backtrack and also combine with what Janae asked, um, you mentioned that you went to Kuwait and this is something that I think we've talked about a bit in the past, but um, that's, I think, something that's for, I guess, the average like MSA person, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing to do, right? To, to travel to another country to study. How does that, so how do you balance doing something like that with, I, I don't know when you did it, were you um, still in uni when you did that? And for how many so it's months? not a big thing, right? So it's not a big thing. It's only big if you want it to be big, right? Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. This is one of the other things, right? Don't don't think that something is not possible, right? If you really want to do something, where there's a will, there's a way. Like I'm a really big mm-hmm. believer in this sort of mm-hmm. stuff, right? So um, if you really want to do something, you can do it, right? There's people who who wanted to memorize the Quran. They went in, like during uni, they went in, started uni. The one by the time they finished, they finished the Quran, right? So you can always do whatever you want, right? Um, it's just you have to put in the effort and you have to strategize and you know find the right people who can help you etc cetera, etc cetera. so instead of in terms of uh going overseas i knew it wasn't feasible during my uni years right so i didn't actually go during my uni years mm. but i knew there was an opportunity right so there's always an opportunity there's an opportunity to take a gap year after your um after your high school right so you your atar i'm not like at least when i was there your atar stays right so um, the year, like you can take a year off and then the universities will still consider as if you still got the same ATAR and everything. Yeah. So there's an opportunity to take a gap year there. But also after you, you finish uni, there's an opportunity to take a gap year there as well. So I realized that um, and Alhamdulillah, you know, I sort of, uh, I did like an internship and stuff and uh, they already offered me a grad offer. So I just said, look, I want to take a year off. Would you guys let me? And then they said, yes, we'll, we'll keep your spot, right? So that sort of enabled me to take a year off. And in that year, I went traveling all across the, all across the Middle East. Um, and uh, yeah, spent like around three months in Kuwait and did some other things as well. Um, so it's, it's possible. You just have to think about how you want to do it. And I know some other brothers as well who actually did go during uni years, right? So this was before trimesters. So I'm not sure if yeah. something would change now, but um, during semesters, I think the brother, he, you, he went for three months, for example, in that, you know, holiday break, uh, to Egypt. Right. And, um, mashallah, like, you know, he got Ijaza the first time he went, uh, yeah. You know, sometimes when you go straight away, you think you're something. So sometimes, you know, you know, some people, they come like that. And I, I think the brother, even if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, I was a bit, uh, you know, I thought, I thought a bit highly of myself back then. Um, but see, ever since then, like the more you sort of keep going, the more that you realize, look, you don't really know anything. And, you know, so um, that sort of fix you up, fixes you up. And then he went, you know, I think the second time or third time as well. So once you go the first time, really, it makes it easier to keep going um, because you sort of know what you mm-hmm. need to do. So, so anyways, I'll oh, this up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, just to uh, ask one more thing. So because he went Kuwait uh, or overseas, you know, after uni, so obviously just for the people, you know, who might be, of their own mindset as well, who want to take that path. You obviously um, studied Arabic internally because a lot of people think that, you know, there's nothing in Australia, Elm is only overseas. If I go overseas, go one year, come back, Sheikh, and that's it, right? So you obviously put in the effort. I'm sure you studied. Do you want to, uh, do you mind speaking about that as well? 
yeah so before i even went to Kuwait, i would consider myself as having learned arabic like i was able to hold a conversation mm. very basic conversation in arabic um also not like the most fluent person even now like it's it's a bit shoddy like we had a brother who came to um another brother's in recently um from uh from melbourne and uh yeah I, I was trying to practice with him and it was okay like i mean it was okay but um i knew that you know my speaking sort of level went down um but yeah like primarily i started learning arabic online and stuff i think there should be a video actually coming out about that very very soon i think uh, i'm not sure when the brother wants to release it but that specifically talks about my Arabic journey. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I started, um, I actually felt like I knew basic Arabic from before. Um, I studied it online um, with my teachers from Egypt for around two years um, and two, two years or so. Yeah. It was only a few hours a week, right? So I only spent, you know, let's say two to four hours a week, you know, depending sometimes I would just say two hours a week. Sometimes it'd be like four or five hours a week. At one point it did become like one hour a day um for a while and mm. yeah very short period became two hours a day but i was like no that's not <laughs> yeah yeah it's not really um feasible right to keep to keep up so that was um that was my that was my journey there but when i went to quit it sort of um it helped increase my speaking confidence and that sort of stuff so um yeah 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 so basically uh, clearly there, there was a whole you know there was effort put in and it was consistent um and to be honest, from from what you've said so far, it seems very, very doable um, in terms of, you know, if you put that consistent effort and by the time you graduate th- and you look back, there's a lot that you've done and you've opened a lot of opportunities for yourself, which brings me to the next question, I guess, which is, um, so you're obviously working now and how do you balance um, diving deep into ilm, right? Um, uh, as far as I'm aware, you're obviously, you know, studying ilm over from the sheikh overseas. So how do you balance that along with work and um, and other responsibilities that you may have? Or what are you doing? Do you mind um, touching on that aspect as well? Much, but, um, yeah, so, mashallah, like, alhamdulillah, like, you know, I'm, I'm studying, like, a proper program, um, Alhamdulillah. So that does take a lot of time, right? Like um, it's a proper Alimia program. So because I'm doing that, um, that does take more time um, and it's not easy, right? Um, definitely not easy, um, especially the days that you need to go into work and stuff. Um, it, it's not easy at all, right? But um, yeah, you sort of just, you know, you find a way, you know, where there's a will, where there's a way, like I said, um, Allah SWT, you ask Allah SWT, he, he gives you the ability um, to, to, to balance these things and like i said you sort of need to prioritize so now like mm. you know very rarely like i can i can only go out with the boys and stuff on the weekend um like during the day even like i can't even go at night anymore because of my classes right so these are things even like you know just trying to balance these things um it it you will need to prioritize and this is one of the i think is things that you probably um know for me Jeanette, is that you know for me it's like I always generally speaking prioritize my M classes over other things. Yeah. And, and and that's sort of the reason why is because that's my priority, right? So my my M is my priority first and foremost. And then obviously any free time that I have, then I can use that to relax and do other things. Um but it's it's not easy because if you're if you're doing like a proper program mm spans you know above 20 hours a week contact hours and you're also doing full-time work which is approximately up to like 40 hours a week 
Um, and you've got obviously you got to do your prayers, you got to do your athkar, you got to do your Quran. If you're a student of knowledge, you're not a hafiz, or you're not trying to become a hafiz, then hmm. I don't really agree with that sort of um, ideology, and that's like a whole separate discussion. Um, but yeah, so then you got to put in, and that's not an easy journey as well, right? So to become hafiz, to be on that journey, it requires a lot of time as well. So to do all these things, it's not easy. Um, it's only with the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think definitely having good mentors has a big effect. So um, in 2017, alhamdulillah, we had um, Dr. Muhammad Al-Gilan come down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he he came down from Canada already, but then we sort of you know realized that he was here and then we made uh, good use of him. Um, and he was a, a great inspiration for me. Um, you know, back then I was just, you know, waking waking up just before Fajr time finishes and this sort of stuff, just making sure to get my Fajr uh, Salahs in and stuff. But I think having someone who you can look up to and who's inspiring, um, that, you know, he sort of inspired me to get up earlier and earlier. And um, now if I look at the time that I wake up and this sort of stuff, it would have been unimaginable um, back then. Mm. Um, I think one aspect that you touched on quickly um, on, on the aspect of like priorities or prioritizing things um, this was something that I I think yeah from from your Arabic classes which um, which I've been attending alhamdulillah for a bit um, on so basically like on, on, on a Sunday you know it's like in the middle of a Sunday right and it's for a lot of people it's like oh you know I'm busy on the weekend um, but what I what I guess I started learning um, from attending the classes was that you never and I think this is something you actually said within the class which is that you're never actually um, busy it's just that you prioritized something else over that right Um, so I guess my question there is for you to I guess expand a bit on that and then the idea of like priorities and and where your priorities I guess should lie and how you should be going about prioritizing things to best utilize your time yeah I think that's a really good point um yeah, definitely. Like when people say they don't have enough time, right? Um, or you know, like you know, they say, "Look, yeah, like whatever it is, like they don't have time for the class, they don't have time to meet up, or whatever." Um, un- unless they're in a very, very like, you know, uh, restricted circumstance, like I don't know, they're facing some like really big issues personally, something like that. Mm. For normal people it literally does mean that you just haven't like you're just not a big priority right like if Mm. if some if you want to meet up with someone and um they're like look i just don't have time that means i sorry i've got other stuff which is more important than you and like that that's just the reality of it and the same thing and that's not like necessarily a bad thing it's like maybe just like look you you guys you know maybe aren't just like you know compatible you guys don't want to um you know sort of connect and he, he you know he he has his other groups and his friend groups, you know, this sort of stuff. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a big deal, right? At the end of the day, like, um, and the same thing with the classes, like if you've got other classes and stuff that you want to prioritize, or let's say you want to hang out with friends and stuff. Um, if that's your priority, now this is the, this is the other thing, right? Like the, the hanging out with your friends and stuff, it's purely for recreational purposes. It's, you don't really get anything out of it. So that's why whenever it comes to classes versus friends, and that's why I don't consider like, chilling with mates as being a good excuse for missing classes because the classes is something that's long-term that's going to be beneficial to your like sort of life in the hereafter like this world and even in the hereafter and everything right um and without being consistent on something no matter what it is you're not going to actually build if you go to the gym once once a month 
right? You're not going to do anything. Nothing's going to happen, right? The, any gains that you make in that one one day or whatever, or, you know, is going to be completely gone in like two, like you know, two weeks max. Like you know, it's not even going to be two weeks max. Like you know, nothing's going to happen, right? So, <laughs> you know, or even if you go for a month and then you skip for a month, you're going to start losing the gains straight away. So everything's about consist consistency, right? And so if that consistency isn't there then you're actually not going to be able to build yourself. You're not going to be able to achieve the goals that you want, right? Um, so this is why it's so important, like even with classes and stuff, that you need to prioritize whatever those things are over other things. Otherwise, you're not going to achieve the long-term goals which you want to actually get, if that sort of makes sense. Does that sort of answer the, the question? Or yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. And just to, perhaps you can clarify, but as far as I'm, from what I can gauge, it's not like you... You know, just took up ilm and you know, forsaken all your responsibilities. You still studied. You know, you still got a job. Um, you still, you still meet up with friends. Like, like me and Farhan have a joke. Like, I don't know how you're so active on WhatsApp. I was like, like anytime I message you, you're just active. And on top of that, you do, you know, the Alimia program at the moment, and you still, you know, give your rights to your family and whatever that may be, right? I think that's it's an important thing to point out. Like, it is doable. Yes, it, it takes effort, but. Yeah, if you balance your time, consistent, discipline, it is doable. You don't have to. It's not one or the other. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, this is yeah. exactly what I told um, Dr. Mahmoud Gilan, right? I just told him like, how do you do all these things, right? Like, he's he's running a podcast. He does this. He's a doc, like he's a doctor. You know, he's a hafiz, right? He memorizes, you know, Quran. This sort of, hmm. you know, he revises like a juz every day and these sort of things. I'm like. It obviously does the hajud and all this i'm like how do you do this like how is it possible right so i mean it is possible right so it's just about slowly building yourself and um, getting there like you're not going to be benching like 100 you know like in, in in two weeks or in a month even right so you're gonna have to build yourself up to it right so um yeah and i'm talking about like gym stuff but i'm not actually that good at gym, <laughs> but <laughs> i think they're really really like easy examples to sort of understand especially for guys yeah. Yeah. Look, I think we're we're probably gonna start wrapping up, but I have one final question and we'll probably try to keep it short. Um and it's basically if you had like one piece of advice for your average, you know, Muslim, MSA brother or sister, I guess, um, who's studying at uni right now, what would that one piece of advice be? Sure. I think that's a very easy one. So um the one piece of advice would be have good friends, right? Damn. The Prophet said that that a person, right, is on the religion of their friends, and um, really that is what makes and breaks a person. Like the people you surround yourself with, they're the people that you become like. So, if you um, are hanging around really pious people, good people, then you become more like them. But if you hang around people who aren't pious, you know, who are always using vulgar language or who aren't praying mm-hmm. and this sort of stuff, then you're just going to become like them. That's just the reality of this life. And this is what the Prophet he taught us and everything. And that, you know, the Prophet he said, right? that a person will also be with whoever they love. Right. So all of these sort of ideas, the biggest thing is companionship. Who are you friends with? Make sure you have the right friends. Make sure, make sure you're surrounded with the right people, people who are people who are like the people that you want to be. Right. Because the more you hang out with them, then inshallah you'll, you'll be like. Mm. 100%. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast on this episode. Um, for everyone listening or watching, uh, stay 
tuned on our socials for our next episode, which will be releasing in a week's time. Um, and with that being said, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.